following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 82 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. If you already aren't, make sure you're following us over on social media. We're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. Dave, uh, how have you been? This week started out particularly snowy. Uh, I only saw you once this week at work, uh, but it seems to have subsided. Subsided? Subdued? You know. I think those are all the right words. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Dave, how, how are you doing, man? Well, it's been, I mean, you ain't lying. It's It's been snowy everywhere, it seems like. Texas, uh, all over the place. But yeah, um, I don't mind driving the snow. I'm actually one of those few people, I guess, that, you know, I drive pretty well. Uh, but the entirety of Chicago was just under <laughs> such dense, heavy snow. And even, you know, I was out there Thursday, um, and I, I had to go... Sh- to a toy store to go pick something up. Uh, and then like going down alleyways, like literally it's like two wagon wheel ruts. And then the snow will go all the way up to the underside of your car. So, uh, it's been, it's been cold. It's been blustery and, uh, not fun. Not fun to be a Chicagoan at the moment, but like, how about you? I mean, you, you're kind of, your, your whole universe is kind of like centered where you live and where you work. You, you really don't got to go too far. So uh, Monday night was when it started, or Monday during the day was when it started to snow. Yeah. Um, and I was all day this week at work. Um, I've been particularly busy because we've, so we've started to sell stickers. Um, for those of you guys unaware, there's like stickers you can go buy on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, go buy them at Pro Wrestling Tees so that I got a little extra work to do. But um, initially, Ryan and I, once we kind of figured out the machine and stuff, we're like, all right, I was like, okay. Um, I was like, well, I can't print one, like, you know, one sticker at a time. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, so I was like, I'll print X amount of stock for each sticker. Um, and I did, and we printed what we thought would be a large quantity that would suffice, you know, whatever sold the first few days. Um, safe to say, we underestimated how many stickers would sell. So uh, this week, this week was also a crate week. So basically, Tuesday through Thursday, I was at work till about one thirty every day, um, which sucked. But it was a lot of like. You know, 5.30, we go do crates, finish up around 9, 9.30, come back, and then finish up the rest of my work on top of those stickers that it does take some time for them to print, uh, you know, for them to be perforated, and then for me to cut them and, you know, or do all that all that boring stuff that you guys don't listen to the show <laughs> about. Um, but, like, that Monday night that I left the shop, like, the snow is up to my knees. It might be because yeah. in this alley over here behind Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, Listen, there are so many like million dollar homes on this block, including these like million dollar condos right next to us. And you'd figure paying that much money that you yes. that you would um have people come out and plow the alley and make sure it looks nice. Nope, not the case. It was disgusting. Like the snow was literally up to my knees. And again, I'm six feet tall, so. It was the worst. I mean, by the time I woke up Tuesday, uh, they 
started plowing some parts of the alley a little bit, but not too much. And so basically what I'm trying to get at is I was stuck at home uh, until, <laughs> until about Wednesday when they finally cleared up the lot over here. And I had to, I had to take a broom to get all the snow off of my car because there was just so much like my, my stupid little brush would not suffice. And, uh, I'm pretty much just tired of the snow at this point. Like I, yeah, I've, I've I've enough. Been, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with the snow. Uh, and you know what? Maybe, maybe soon I'll be somewhere nice and warm and I won't have to worry about it. Uh, wink, wink. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, like along with that this week, like, you know, we mentioned like crates and that's just always so taxing. Like for those of you guys who subscribe yeah. to the pro wrestling crates, um, we're doing more now than ever. And I'm the, I'm the idiot who has to open up every single box and like launch them down the belt. And, uh, let me tell you, uh, it, it used to not seem so daunting, but again, now that we have so much more, I'm just like, oh, three days. I'm like, it's, it, it's, it's such a bigger process than, it, than it ever was. And like, there's, and that's the other thing too, like people don't realize, and the crunch is really, especially around Christmas time. Cause we're, we'll do things early to try and ship out early. So you guys get your stuff for Christmas, but there's a whole machine process, you know, a chain of people just working tirelessly to fill your boxes. So yeah, and now it's we, and a now, sight to behold. Yeah. And now we need even more people because it's, uh, yeah, it's getting that, you know, that much larger, but Hey, really quickly though, before, uh, you know, we get into this week's episode, I wanted to give two shout outs. Uh, first one being to our friend, Rochelle, who uh, she just started listening to the PWT cast and uh, she's making her way through, you know, she posted in the VIP group, which we love. We love whenever any of you guys post, yeah. uh, you know, be it positive or uh, I mean, no one's ever posted anything negative except for those two boys are too damn handsome for their own, you know, for their own good, which, you know, we can't help it. We can't. Yeah, we can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but she posted, you know, that she recently started going through some of the, the older episodes. Um, so hopefully by the time she catches up to this one, uh, she'll appreciate the little shout out. And then, of course, a uh, friend of the show, Anthony Torres, who last week after we finished recording, uh, had purchased one of our T-shirts, which, again, they're uh, available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash PWTCast. Uh, Dave put so much hard work into those designs. I love every single one of them. Um, I keep saying I'm going to get one of them tattooed, but I can't make up my mind. I'm thinking maybe the Watchmen one uh, or maybe the Japanese one. I, honestly, I can't make up my mind because they're all so beautiful. But if you want to get your own PWT cast merch, head over to PWT or ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash PWT cast and uh, you can pick up a shirt there. Um, oh, and also, I mean, soon we, we've kind of been mentioning this before, you know, over the several last weeks, but like we're going to start getting some hats, beanies and, you know, like Berto said, he's running that sticker machine like a maniac. So uh, we're going to be adding some stickers, too. So. Uh, new fresh merch for you guys to get. Yeah, I know hats have been hats and beanies have been something that people have been asking for, like for a while. But we didn't we didn't have a sublimation machine then, uh, you yeah. know. So it would have required us to like keep stock, and it's always just again a lot of uh, uh, technical mumbo jumbo inside that, baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That maybe you know you guys listening or like if you're a Vivian or Mina, you're like who cares. Um, but hey, also, uh, thank you again to everyone who gave me positive feedback for the episode that I did with uh, Vivian, um, Diana, and Hondra. You know, it was uh, 
Valentine's Day episode. A lot of like, if you went to high school with me, uh, odds are you probably enjoyed it a lot more. But l- there was a lot of people that didn't go to high school with me that were like, hey, that was a fun episode. Um, and yeah, so thank you. You know, I'll definitely, you know, maybe do another bonus episode here or there with them. Um, my favorite was uh, Elisa, my cousin, because in, in said podcast, we use her and Ivan, her fiance, as examples of like, people that went to high school with us that are actual adults simply based on the fact that they have baby, they have a baby and like a mortgage and the rest of us, like none of us do. So, uh, you know, at least to me, you know, that's what qualifies you like as a real adult, you have a child and, uh, you own a home. Um, but also thanks to all the positive feedback on the Brody episode. Um, we love Brody, you know, if, uh, I listen to, I'm not, so I'm not much of like a, a metal like music fan, you know? Yeah, me either. <laughs> like I'll listen to some rock and stuff, but he he put out an album. Him his band's God Hate they, or God's Hate. They put out an album, and I was just like, hmm. All right, you know what? I was like, I love Brody. Let me fucking check it out. Uh, and there was it was kind of like uh, there was only one episode available then at the or one episode one song available then at the time. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me let me check this out. Let me see what it you know. L- let me experiment a little bit. Uh, it was pretty fucking cool. It's called the Be Harder, uh, and it has like an intro with Rorschach. You know, it's like a little like Rorschach oh, intro, and then gets into like yeah. you know a lot of a. Uh, Brody, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, which again, hey, if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Check out God's Hate, check out their new song, Be Harder. It was pretty fucking good. And like again, I for the most part stopped listening to music that wasn't, you know, three six mafia from before two thousand five. So you know, like if it's somewhat of a compliment for me to to like, you know, send music. Um Yeah. But Dave it's you know the show seemingly as it became a, a Watchmen uh, <laughs> review show. It's seemingly become a Wandavision review show, and uh, yeah, this this week's episode. Uh, listen, fucking stupid Kevin Feige went out and said that the last three episodes were going to be an hour long each. So much to my dismay, when uh, I turned on this week's episode, and it was only thirty seven minutes. Seven of those minutes being credits, like. Oh, but I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed this. Did you see the after credits? I did. Yeah, I always stick around. I've listen. Marvel's conditioned me stick around and wait. Like, um, but yeah, uh, this is the part of the show where we talk a little bit of Wandavision. So if for some reason you have not caught up yet, or if you're you know waiting and to binge on them, fast forward like five ten minutes and you yeah. know you'll you'll be able to skip just that. to be safe. Yeah, just to be safe. Um, but Dave, what did you think of this week's episode? Well, I mean, first of all. There's rumors of a tenth episode, so he may not have been lying. That is for the true. Last... That, yeah, that is so, true. It may, he may have slipped up, but we, we'll, you know, this this uh, this whole episode weirdly it gave us a lot, but it was also it was also like one of the slower episodes. I mean, not a lot happened at first, um, but you know, we kind of saw the beginnings of. Uh, uh, Monica Rambeau as Spectrum, like Photon. we may have just seen her, huh? Photon is her hero name, I believe, isn't it? Which, oh, she's also been spec like her. I think her outfit was kind of like her Spectrum outfit. Oh, okay. She, she's got like three or four names, I think, but like, um, 
that classic like the the white with kind of like the dark greenish looking stuff i think is her spectrum outfit and then they, they kind of showed that she you know she pushes through the barrier and she can kind of see you know it, it was like that moment when neo could see the matrix she could kind of see like the energy pulsing through everything so um that was pretty cool uh finally you know the the worst kept secret of the whole show uh Agnes being Agatha Harkness was revealed and uh, we got to see like a little monsters montage at the end where the, you kind of see all the, all the seeds she's been planting throughout the show, which, you know, I think for the most part, we've noticed all of them and we've kind of mentioned them, but uh, uh, it's definitely, we were kind of stepping out of the episode part of the show into the real meat and potatoes, I think. So yeah. Uh, what did you think? Well, I, I love, first off, um, like this was clearly like an office sort of like modern family type of episode with a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking. Um, and I enjoyed it because like I'm, I'm, I watched modern family for a bit because it used to come on right before Monday night raw. So I'd be like, Mm -hmm. all right. Um, and the office, I've watched it religiously. I love the office, which the, like I, I was talking to, I was talking to someone at the shop, might've been Matt Nicks, um, about the uh, intro for this week's uh, episode, it was totally like you know if you when you go to karaoke and you're like, oh I oh um all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. This is the song I want to do, and then they put it on and it's just like slightly altered where you're just like this this isn't necessarily the song, but it's kind of like right. a, a royalty free version of it where like it sounds close enough, but not too close. Uh, I felt that was very much the the thing with this week's episode because um, it it was totally that. Like, it was the Office theme song that they straight up just used for WandaVision. Um, yes. But I, listen, I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, like, I love that little, like, Munster's theme song at the end, like the variation for uh, Agatha Harkness. Um, you know, especially because, again, like you mentioned, we all knew that she was she was going to be a big bad like it was like literally literally like from the first trailers (laughs) everyone's like that's agatha harkness so and yeah and they're like no she's agnes it's like oh okay yeah uh but no uh, like i very i mean i again i very much enjoy that trope of like um you know breaking the fourth wall and stuff like that like there's the one part where vision's like why why am i sitting down here you know and he like takes the mic off and uh, you know, this is after looking into the camera, just like Jim from the office. Um, yeah, like I, it was, there was, it almost kind of felt like a filler episode at points until like, you know, it was cool seeing Monica Rambo finally like get her powers. Um, because again, like that's also been like one of the worst kept secrets that like she is going to. She's going to play a larger role in everything. She's, you know, she's yeah. going to be in Captain Marvel too, and there's clearly some beef there. Like when, even when she's yeah. passing through the wall, like you know, it's as soon as she starts hearing like her mother's voice and other people's voices. But as soon as you hear Captain Danvers, that's when she like gets angry and like gives her that yeah. like, you know, that final oomph to push through that wall. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Mephisto, also like. There was uh, references to uh, there was like a specific book, um, in there yeah. that I think it, it there's a lot of Mephisto references. Some people are saying it might be another character by the name of Nightmare. Nightmare, um, yeah. 
regardless, like I def I I mean I definitely think kind of how you mentioned there is going to be a tenth episode, just because yeah. I, I can't really imagine them wrapping everything up in two yeah. episodes in three hours. Well, it it could also be the nightmare could be in there and like I don't I don't think Quicksilver you know, fake Quicksilver is Mephisto. That could be Nightmare. And then, you know, there's still Dottie, who everyone is kind of halfway assuming has something to do with the sinister parts of the show. So, Well, they show uh, Dottie. I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, the, when, when Monica Rambo comes out to confront her, Dottie's just like out front of her house like cutting flowers. I mean, that could have been Mephisto watching, though. Yeah, yeah no, no, you're definitely right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they, they have dropped several hints, you know, about, uh, well, so like with that book, that might be a reference to Dr. Strange because there is a book missing in the library in Dr. Strange. And like other people have noted that if you look at, you know, where they were keeping all the, the forbidden books, they were in hexagons. Oh, really? Yeah, so um, that might that might be one of the connections to the Doctor Strange movie is that 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 book might have been from that little forbidden sorcery library. Um, definitely, like I'll say, as soon as uh, Agatha says, "Hey, I'll take the kids," I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what she's doing. <laughs> she's kidnapping those children." And then you know, it slowly turns into like almost like a horror movie. She's like, where's the kids? And she's like, Oh, they're probably down in the basement. And then you walk down and it gets creepier. It's, you know, it's almost like, uh, like something from it. Like you get this foreboding feeling as she walks down the stairs looking and then you start seeing vines and all of a sudden she's in like a completely different type of environment, uh, which is kind of like the little inner sanctum that, uh, Agatha has been working on. So, it's it was simultaneously a slow episode, but also fairly meaty at the end. It was pretty cool. Uh, Paul Bettany keeps teasing this mysterious, like yes, l- you know, Luke Skywalker cameo level uh, for the show. I'm convinced it's Magneto because he has said it's not Doctor Strange. Like Doctor Strange oh, might show he up. He actually said it, like he straight up said this cameo is not Doctor Strange. Um, it's got to be Magneto. Right? Michael Fosbett, Magneto. Like, it's got to be. Like, I'm uh, – it's my my whole gripe, and then, you know, we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up with, with this, but my, my whole gripe is that she is going to be the villain. Wanda Maximoff is going to be the villain for this next Doctor Strange movie, and it yeah. is the multiverse of madness. So at some point, you have to start fucking with the multiverse. They, you yeah. know, they tease that with bringing in Evan Peters as Pietro, which again is smart. It's smart of them because we all, you know, for the most part, everyone knows, Oh, this guy was a Quicksilver. And it's a good icebreaker. Yeah. No, definitely. So uh, to me, at least I thought that was a red herring where it's like, Oh yeah, here you go. Here, here's us crossing into the multiverse. But then I, 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 well, I, I was also, so I've been thinking a lot about the show clearly as like, you have, I, you know, a lot of us have, I was thinking like, and especially it kind of struck me when, uh, Monica Rambo was trying to get through the wall and they, they clearly marked that as that was kind of her moment of transformation. Like her, we, we were literally seeing, 
her superhero origin right before us, right? But mm-hmm. like they they also kind of laid little little breadcrumbs in that like they, she was taking blood tests and like DNA samples, and they were like this everything's been wiped since you went back and forth and like they couldn't figure out what was happening to her. And I wonder if something like that has to do with her being brought back from like the blip, mm-hmm. you know, cause she disappears and then she gets reconstituted and like other people have noticed like, you know, when Thanos snapped people, they turned to like gray ash. And then when they showed Monica Rambeau and a lot of the people in that hospital scene coming back, it was like colored parts of them you know, like reassembling mm-hmm. and you could, you could hear her memories. And I wonder if something like that happening to her and then combined with her going into the hex gave her her powers. But I also wonder if that is maybe their way of introducing mutants that hadn't existed before. I mean, we all kind of assumed maybe the multiverse has something to do with it, but maybe the people, some of the people that were affected by being blinked out of existence and coming back, something about their particles being in the cosmic ether coming back may have something to do with their mutations or being susceptible to mutations. I, um, I, that was a thought I was having when I was watching the show. I was like, I wonder if that has something to do with it. I definitely think it'll have something to do with it, but I don't think that they'll necessarily use that as because now there's mutants. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, I, I think it would be smart if they were like, Oh, this kind of helps get, you know, that next gen kick in. But yeah. you also have to factor like there are some, x-men who have just been around for a while you know you have like and, uh, and they're gonna have to be fully formed yeah, yeah that, know, that makes sense yeah like you have apocalypse namor i think mr sinister even wolverine who are like old <laughs> you know yeah and, and so like you kind of have to so i i think i ultimately think yes that will help like with some of the as far as like oh it help open up the x gene um but i don't necessarily think that'll be the way they like do everyone you know, because like yeah. I mean, listen, you could do like, oh, hey, you know, uh, in Deerfield, Illinois, this girl Kitty Pride fucking disappeared, <laughs> and then you know, oh my god, now she's back, and now she can walk through walls, like what the fuck, and blame it on the blip. Um, but I don't necessarily know if they'll be like, oh, this is the only reason mutants exist. Like I think they will have been around. Um, yeah, there will be some older ones. Yeah. Um, but hey, listen, if you want to, you know, listen to some more in depth Wanda talk, uh, I will be a guest. Uh, it will have already come out on this week's episode uh, if you're a subscriber to Post Wrestling of uh, Rewanda Vision, where myself, Wei Ting, and WH uh, Park will be going over this week's episode uh, of WandaVision. And those two gentlemen uh, know their shit, specifically WH Park knows his shit. So if you are a listener of Post Wrestling, head over there and uh, listen to that. Because uh, again, they're like again, as we mentioned, as little quote unquote little as this week episode offer, like I've seen so much like people talking like in depth articles about like the you know the fallout basically of this week's episode. Um, so I'm you know I'm looking forward to hear what other discourse people have as far as to like say about that um, yeah. subject matter. Oh, what one last thing that I I noticed from that episode. Um, they were talking about, uh, she specifically, Wanda was talking about her children and she goes, uh, their father is vision. They literally inherited, and he's made of vibranium. They literally inherited tough skin. Uh huh. I was like, I don't know if that's how that works. (laughs) Dude. Oh my God. So, oh, real, real quick. And then we'll, we'll, we'll move. So it's funny that you mentioned that the tough skin, because they, they did at some point mention 
that uh fucking what's his name Howell or or no the the general guy um Hayward they're like the Hayward, Hayward yeah Hayward was working on some sort of project to uh bring back Vision and I saw someone yeah go ahead <laughs> I saw someone online theorize like what if Hayward is trying to build the Sentinels you know yes well that's kind of you know when. Monica Rambeau comes back and they're going through the sword operational building Mm -hmm. and she goes, Oh, I thought we just observed them. We don't make the weapons. You see a bunch of people like up on scissor lifts and up on ladders and they're welding stuff. And it's clearly something gigantic that they're building. Dude, I, so I wonder, like, I got to go back and look, but like, I thought I was like, I remember thinking like, what the, what are they building in here? You know, but Dude, if we it get could be sentinels. if we get com- if we get like fucking comic accurate sentinels, because I those other other sentinels were bullshit. I don't care what anyone says; those like weird. Yeah. Those other sentinels are bullshit. Um, but if we get like comic accurate sentinels, oh, oh my god! Like, oh. uh, go go ahead, go ahead. No, I like if this is one of those things where the one thing that I appreciate about the MCU is how comic accurate they try and get. You know, even if it's yeah. even if it's like, um, hey, kind of like, oh, like with the Halloween episode, you know, they show Vision and one in their old costumes, and it's kind of like wink, wink. Um, and they're not scared of it. No, no, that's the thing. No. Um, well, and then one last thing, I promise. The thing, the thing with Hayward's project working with Vision is called Project Cataract, <laughs> and like a cataract literally clouds your vision. Oh really? So oh yeah, cataracts. Yeah, yeah. So like, that may be why Vision doesn't. Re- you know, he said, "I don't remember anything outside of what happened." That may have something to do with something they're messing with his head with. Oh, you know what I mean? Because okay. they're they're just blocking his vision. You know, it's, I mean, it's like literally. You know, I don't know if that's what it is, but like, I thought it was weird that they would name it Project Cataract. So. That's, I mean, that's definitely smart, man. Like food uh, for thought. <laughs> yeah, food for thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, listen. Cl- clearly, uh, and if you've been listening this far, like if you're not watching WandaVision, like check it out. Like it is, you know, it's good. It's good. Um, despite my fucking <laughs> grumble grumbles about it early on, um, it's, it's still definitely worth a watch. Uh, and yeah, then, so sure. again, if, if you guys saw, if you guys weren't able to guess from the title of this week's episode, um, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode this week. Um, first off, it's one of these, uh, Birdman episodes, as I call them, where we just one long recording. Um, yeah. that's so that, uh, it's always my favorites because it makes editing so much easier. Cause I just have to drop <laughs> intro outro. Although there is something I do have to go in and edit. Uh, but I'm such a good editor that you won't even notice. Um, but yeah, uh, along with our Patreon, um, you know, there's going to be a, a little kind of like mini project that we're working on, which is just like a, not even like anything major, but it's a history of Power Rangers. Um, sure. Dave and I, you know, cl- clearly if you've been listening like the last like few months, Power Rangers is something I've kind of delved back into. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think Dave ever wasn't into Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> and it, it sort of led with uh, Beyond the Grid which was the comic book, this big crossover event um, that they had, which I, I cannot recommend enough. Like, if any of you guys out there listening are, are comic book fans and have joined Power Rangers, definitely check this out. Like, it, um, 
it doesn't like it doesn't feel cheesy or campy at all you know right. like this is very clearly like power ranger nerds who are also like very like serious about the subject matter writing actual well thought out like episodes um you know it's like hey listen not to say like if you like uh you know the power rangers getting you know eaten by a giant like squid monster like sure that's fine you know that, that is a fun 27 minute episode that you can watch but this is a little bit more serious and in depth and deals with a lot of like uh like multiverse kind of shit and like alternate reality stuff which i again i'm such a whore for um but you know what it reminds me of too and it's kind of like the way that a lot of these nostalgia comic books you know that they leverage like weird sometimes campy nostalgia from our youth you know like ninja turtles ghostbusters transformers gi joe it's that they take the source material which is clearly well beloved it's a multi-billion dollar industry at this point but it reminds me of the way dave filoni treats the star wars universe in that like george george lucas clearly had a vision but like as much as you love star wars some people look at it and they just see corny space opera and then some people watch you know clearly like dave filoni and it became like some sort of a gospel to them some story where they could expand the universe infinitely and then th- and then they they take key things that may not make sense upon first viewing and then they they craft a backstory and a meaning and you know from you know a gold ro- robot and a trash can on wheels dancing around you end up having a whole universe of explanations of how they came to be, uh, the motivations of certain characters, and in the same way that Dave Filoni's kind of taken that weird universe and lovingly crafted something bigger and much more powerful. And originally, you know, it makes the original that much more beloved. They've done that with uh, the Power Ranger comics and and you know a lot of these nostalgia comics where they take it seriously and there's some pathos to it and. Um, it really helps kind of fortify your love for something old. Oh, very, definitely. Like, well, well fucking said brother. Cause that is definitely like the way that they treated this, which is why, like at first I was like, ah, I don't know if I should read it, but I just, I pulled the trigger and bought like the giant omnibus hardcover edition. Cause I was yes. like, fuck it. I was like, I'm going to go, if I'm going, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. And it, it's been so good. And it's kind of let us down again, you know, are this like Power Rangers resurgence among us. And one of the things when I was just like, because there were also like a lot of other Power Rangers that again, like I followed it religiously um, for like a few seasons. And then I forget exactly where it might've been like time force was when I kind of just like stopped watching. And then occasionally I would like, just peek in every now and then, you know, because like I knew yeah. it was on Saturday mornings. Like it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I know at a certain time, Power Rangers will be on, and I would watch. But after like after a while, it was just like ah, I just kind of didn't become my thing. You grow out of it sometimes. Yeah, you know, and listen, people yeah. do it all the time. Like you know, people like especially with wrestling. You know, like with wrestling, mm-hmm. people have like their dark periods where they just they stop watching. Um, and that's kind of how I was with Power Rangers, but I was like looking up a lot of like history of Power Rangers stuff just because there is a lot of like, especially now with so many other iterations, like different lore and like things that have happened with like characters from the past and things like that. Like there's a whole, there's a whole resurgence of Rita Repulsa, like coming back as like a good guy. Like, 
I don't know if you were aware, she's like, they, you know, like they eventually bring her back for some other season and she is straight up like, uh, like a good villain. She's like, there's Zordon basically, which is, I was just like, what? And again, it was just like learning about things like that. But the one thing that struck me the most was, um, a lot of the people that made these videos were very like, uh, weird. You know, I, was, I don't know what I mean. There was just a lot of like very socially awkward and kind of just like very rushed through as well. Like it would yeah. be one like 20 minute video on just them cramming everything in. And like the content creator and me was like, whoa, ho, 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 wait, what's going on here, buddy? Like, let's let's take it a little slow um, because there is just a, like a rich in depth history of it. So Dave and I, we kind of took it. We're like, hey, let's kind of just do our own version of it and you know if you've listened to any of our movie reviews in the past it'll kind of be more in the vein of that like we're not going to go yeah. in depth like you know and then fucking goldar did this in this week's episode and then like no it's it's nothing like that um kind That's of just, too much yeah wait way too much dave and i have we don't have the time for that as much as i wish that i did um but yeah so we're going to be uh talking about mighty morphin power rangers um which it, it so before we get into any of like you know if the when it premiered and things like that, what's your history with Power Rangers, Dave? So, so I intentionally did not go and brush up on Power Rangers stuff because I, I did want it to be purely from, you know, what do I remember? How did I feel when I watched it? But I think. If I get if I get kind of the timeline right, I think I was probably eleven or twelve when it came out. My that would make my brother about five or six, and um, I remember he started watching it and he would get really excited about it, and I was very very resistant to it because you know when you're when you're like eleven or twelve, you're, you're very you're starting to think you're cool and you know everything. And I'm watching it, and when I was younger, Voltron was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Defenders of the Universe. So, like, I I would see the Megazord, and I was like, "That's a Voltron ripoff." The, what, oh, you got like, you got uh, little machines that make a big machine. I was like, "That's you know, that's the five cats of Voltron." And you know, my brother would blow me off and say, "Whatever, this is cool." And then you know, as with many things, as a big brother, <laughs> you kind of see what your little brother's watching, and then I slowly, I was like, "All right, this is pretty cool. This is uh, this is a little bit different." Um, and like martial arts stuff has always been like really popular in our household. Like, you know, they used to have uh, Samurai Saturdays and we would watch uh, old Kung Fu movies. So seeing live action uh, martial arts was as cheesy as it was in retrospect was kind of cool. Like we didn't really see a lot of that. So um, just the way that they kind of formatted, you'd have like a villain of the week, but there'd be like an overarching theme of, you know, Rita try to take over the world via Angel Grove. And then you'd have teenagers, uh, with attitude banding together and fighting for the greater good. So I just remember, um, one, the rad theme song was probably the first thing that caught me. And then, uh, the show was good. And then all of a sudden the wave of toys start coming in and like the thing that Saban and then, you know, teaming up with Bandai did really well was merchandising the shit out of the show. Like almost anything you wanted, you could get if you had enough money or you could convince your parents to buy it. Um, so it really kind of became a phenomenon and like 
anyone that grew up in that era knew that that whole Fox block was just hot fire from top to bottom. You, you'd have Batman, the tick, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, like almost any magic X-Men, any magical, uh, child programming just happened to fit in that little Fox block of programming. So, um, a lot of that really formed a lot of my sensibilities when it comes to pop culture and toy collecting and, uh, you know, my love for live action martial arts, it, it really kind of combined the best of everything that I loved. And so um, if anyone has followed Power Rangers, you'll know there's like 27 different iterations. But Mighty Morphin, for me, will always be like the cornerstone. And it, it, it was clearly the cornerstone. It was the first one that, you know, everyone saw. But like it was the first and best. And uh, it kind of informed the rest of the iterations of the show. Yeah, like I like with me, so it, it it premieres it premieres in in the U.S. August twenty eighth ninety three, which means I would have been about two months old. So I, I yeah, so I clearly wasn't like watching it like that. But I I remember I remember it being a like a big part of my childhood. Like there's a picture I posted up the other day of me dressed as a Power Ranger. Um, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it was just it consumed, you know, consumed everything. Like my I don't I don't remember. I don't remember a time as a kid that I wasn't watching Power Rangers. So that makes sense because also that Fox Kids fucking programming block. Like you're not kidding. They, you know, everything: Ninja Turtles, X Men, Batman. Like everything they had, everything. Which is like it's weird now because when kids, like we also grew up without cable. So there's kids who are like, oh yeah, I remember like they'll reference all these like Nickelodeon cartoons or Cartoon Network cartoons, which like I I'm like I didn't grow up on those. Like I grew up on like what what was available for free over on like fox kids and yeah so there is a lot of that like there's like the doug or ah real monsters like i know those are things i've seen random episodes here and there but i won't necessarily uh go on my podcast and you know do a history of doug show because i just i don't i don't know those shows as much as i do this one and yeah like it was it was one of those things where it's funny like you mentioned uh like your siblings you liking something your siblings being into it my sister and i were only about a year apart so it was it was one of those things that we were both very much into and had like a ton of the toys um and so by the time my brother comes around and he starts to get into it this kid was so fucking lucky because he had like tons of power ranger toys you know like based on solely that like oh in that toy in that toy chest that we don't even touch anymore there's about four or five iterations of power ranger toys buddy so go fucking wild because the the one thing you could the one thing you could guarantee was for every every christmas or birthday i was asking for like power ranger stuff you know i specifically remember one christmas the only christmas in which my dad dressed up as santa he brought me it was like this giant megazord and it i like you'd think santa showing up that i'd be like oh my god it's fucking santa once i opened up that opened up that present and saw that it was this like giant power rangers like megazord didn't it did not matter who else was in the room because i just did not give a fuck because it's like dude get this fucking get this white bearded fuck out of here i need to play with this right now um and so yeah like again with with power rangers um by the time by the time out because there's power rangers zeo which Mm -hmm. i don't i don't remember 
any of. So I think that was that I think I spent that time like catching up on the older seasons, you know, because there was no Netflix. So I couldn't go back and just rewatch it all. You know, it was I had to rely on syndication and with Power Rangers. And we'll talk a little bit about you know more about it like uh there's cast changes at certain points you know certain rangers leave and then uh other rangers take over for them so it was kind of confusing you know being a kid and you're like wait what but last ranger wait the last episode the red ranger was this guy and now in this week episode it's this guy and what's going on and there is also some muddiness too because um so let me let me just talk a little bit more. So Power Rangers, it runs for three seasons, 145 episodes. Uh, and it in- also includes Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, uh, which is released June 30th, 95. Again, I, I, vague re- I, I have vague recollection of seeing this, but I don't know if I – because I would have been two. So I don't know if right. it would have taken me. But I specifically remember – and it might have been for something else – possibly but over by where stupid michael lives is uh the brickyard and there used to be it, it used to be a mall it was you know the brickyard mall it was a giant mall and they had a theater which was haunted i when i worked at the movie theaters uh, i had plenty of uh, managers who used to work at that one and they were like no that place was fucking haunted fuck that place it's a good thing they demolished it i think it's a gym now um but i remember being at that movie theater and like leaving and seeing the mighty morphin power rangers poster so i might have been leaving the theater having seen the movie or the poster might have just been up for a few years for some reason i don't know i i don't i don't really know but i I do remember that much um but uh and there's also like the two the 2017 reboot uh that lionsgate did where they tried to reboot it but um i necessarily wasn't the biggest fan of that i don't know about yourself um and then uh, in 2018, Hasbro acquires Power Rangers and the franchise, so they're developing a new movie. Um, yeah. But the you know the series is produced by Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Productions, and it's distributed by Saban, um, who Saban makes movies now. They made the last Jane Silent Bob reboot movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is like if you watch the movie, there's like a power, there's straight up like a Power Rangers reference in that, which was very much like like this is weird and then of course you know dave you mentioned earlier bandai entertainment was the ones who um they did all the merchandising all the toys uh i believe it's hasbro now you know because they have like the 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 power ranger toys the the lightning collection yeah yeah um so the show the way it worked is that it adapted stock footage uh from the japanese tv series uh sentai zayu ranger which is their the, you know their franchise of super sentai uh we won't get too much into super sentai because again there's just that's a whole other there's thing. a lot of that too yeah. yeah there's a lot of that uh but the second and third seasons of the show like they they borrowed things specifically uh like ninjor all right I, I remember i believe that was his name mm-hmm. um they borrow like certain things because at a certain point they lose their powers and so they like their ninja rangers and again this is things where like they didn't incorporate the movie, which is weird. Like the the movie happens, but they don't ever really talk about it in the show. The way they go around it is that they lose their powers through Rita Repulsa, and then Ninjor, this you know this this character from um, I think it was the ninja the ninja the ninja Sentai show. Uh, he shows up and gives them these like new ninja powers, uh, which my favorite thing is like it's very such a nineties thing, you know. But they they. They give him this like over the top voice because the character never takes his helmet off or anything. He's supposed yeah. to be this old like sage 
you know, much in the way Zordon is, this like old powerful being. But he's got he this, like an idiot. He's got this goofy <laughs> voice and just moves his arms around. Like he's he's more C three PO than he is like Yoda. Let's let's you know, yeah. let's put it at that. Um but uh, one interesting thing is, uh, so at, at a certain point, and you know, we'll eventually get into it. They introduce Tommy Oliver. He's the Green Ranger. Eventually, gets the the uh, the White Ranger power. So the costume that he uses for that is not is not from you know the uh, Sentai Zayu Ranger. It's from uh, it's called a uh, Die Ranger, D A I ranger not like die die um but that costume is from that series and that series is kind of known as like the lost iteration of power rangers because they've remade almost every like other iteration of power rangers except for that one and that is one that's been referenced in so many like you know like there's easter eggs for die ranger everywhere but they've just never used it. Like, I, I think it was one of those things where it was like, I was reading an interview and they were just like, we've tried to incorporate it into like, or incorporate elements of it into every, you know, different iteration that we do. Like, I think the closest they came to was when they did the forever red episode, which brought in a bunch of different red Rangers. And they were like, even then they just didn't do it. And in like further iterations, they straight up put together every power Rangers, every power Ranger team that you've been introduced to, they bring them back. And even then, they were just like, well, we can't just shoehorn the Die Rangers into there, um, you know, because they just couldn't, yeah. they just couldn't figure it Which out. Which would have been the time to do it. It would have been the time, but I they, for, listen, for whatever reason, they didn't. Um, and then, hey, at, at a certain point, they also introduced, like, the Alien Rangers. Um, again, very, just like a random storyline in there. Um, but... Uh, I guess what I was trying to get at was, yeah, I would have been. So I, I completely missed Zio because I think at the time they were doing like reruns of Mighty Morphin. So like Zio is the one series that's just like lost to me, you know, right. like it's just, I don't really, I don't really remember it at all, but um, yeah, like I don't like, so you watch just strictly Mighty Morphin. Yeah. And, and uh <laughs> Even more specifically, like I really didn't like when they changed over the entire cast of Mighty Morphin uh, mm-hmm. to like the second the second team. So, like, what happens is there's some, if I'm remembering correctly, there was some kind of peace summit, and all five of the Rangers as students were invited to go do this like peace conference, which would require them to leave Angel Grove, and then they would have duties you know, to help maintain world peace. And because of that, then they bestowed their powers on a second group of teenagers with attitudes. So, you know, instead of Jason as the red Ranger, you would have Rocky and you know, they, they kind of, they changed everyone. Um, I was really invested in that first core team. And part of it was, um, and, and you kind of see this in, in all forms of like ensemble media, but like um, you'll have, uh, a character that represents a certain subsect of child, right? So you'll have clearly uh, Jason was kind of like the the jock, the the jock, the quarterback, the popular guy, the prom king type guy. He's popular; everyone likes him. Uh, he's he's good at everything. And then you'd have Billy, who was like the smart nerd. You know, you'd have uh, you'd have Zach, who's like. Uh, 
you know, he's the dancer. He's like the fun guy, you know, kind of like the Michelangelo from the Ninja yeah, Turtles. He's, kinda, he's like the hip hop head, like the, the class clown. Yeah. And then you, you'd have Kimberly who, you know, did ballet and I'm, I'm not actually sure what Trini was kind of like the common person, I guess. But like for, for anyone that would watch that, they, they could maybe see themselves as one of the Rangers. You know, they would see a character trait and say, Oh, I, I identify with that. And I think that theme kind of carried on in, in other forms of media, but like, I really liked it. And like, then Tommy Oliver comes in and who clearly is the most popular Ranger of all times. Like I, th- I don't know if this is true, but he's probably been in almost every single iteration in some form or another as a mentor or as a ranger. I think he's had like six or seven different suits. So he he has been he was in uh, uh, Mighty Morphin, Zeo, Turbo, um, shows up again in that Forever Red episode. Um, mm-hmm. He then at one point they did Dino Thunder. That was that was pretty much the the when i stopped watching after dino thunder and that one he comes back as the black like super special ranger um and then after that he would make sporadic appearances as again as tommy oliver which uh they make it canon that he is married to uh is one of the the i don't even i forget her name but she she eventually takes over for the pink power ranger role uh catherine i believe um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, like in universe, those two are married, um, because oh, instead, instead of the Kimberly. Yeah. Well, there there's an episode. There's an episode where Kimberly set, breaks up with Tommy and sends him like a breakup like note. Like oh. she doesn't even have like she like they don't even talk about it in person, you know. And I think yeah. like so kind of moving a little forward, but there's like um, there's like a reference to that where in the movie um what do you call it in turbo which listen there's so there's three power ranger movies i think turbo is the strongest of the three like it's it's not none of these none of these power ranger movies are good all right Right. let's throw that out there and any feelings that people have about it is purely nostalgia you know very very much in the same way that i talk about like space jam where i'm like space jam is a terrible movie but most people remember it based on their nostalgia for it. So let's just throw that out there. Same thing with these Power Ranger ones. I know, I, listen, it was very controversial the other day when I tweeted. I was like, I think Turbo is the b- better Power Ranger movie. And people were just... <sighs> it did It did the weakest, though, I think. Yes. It, like it, it's, <laughs> it, it was considered a bomb. And it was... We'll say it was disappointing. But like... Because of that, we didn't see another Power Rangers feature film for like twenty years. I don't think until they did the the Lionsgate reboot. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't received very favorably in the public eye. I mean, like it, I haven't seen it, but it it definitely was it. But like it it has a better story. Like it's less cheesy right. than the first one. It has a better storyline. It looks cleaner. It looks like newer. It just you know I I like it. I enjoy it a little better, but um, also Divatox, the the villain for that, woo, you know, little boy Scrump was like, "What's going on here?" Um, <laughs> but with that movie, there's like a there's a part where like again in universe, this is the first time that Tommy has been reunited with Kimberly, and at this point, Kimberly is being possessed by uh, like an evil force, and he's kind of just like, oh, like you know, very much freezes when he sees her. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting because even in the Power Rangers comic book, um, like Kimberly, you know, she like she's not with Tommy Oliver; she's with uh, another person. 
and uh yeah so but it's uh, you know again so i i i skewed off from from what we were <laughs> what we were talking about i in all honesty i i don't really remember what it was but i just felt the need to to bring that up um yeah but yeah kind of you mentioning like every, you know there's they have the they, they typecast kind of everyone so that's someone that you can relate to yeah again with trini right. i'm not sure i think she was just because kimberly is very much the girl next door you know so i very yeah. i very much think she's like uh uh she's the daphne and uh trini's kind of you know uh what's her fucking name velma you know she's velma <laughs> yeah I, I think that would be if we had to put them in some sort of subcategory they would, it would kind of be well and and he, here's also a little trivia too so because uh power rangers relied heavily on pre-recorded footage from the super sentai series um you'll see the original mighty morphin crew and you'll see uh, the Pink Ranger, Kimberly, with a skirt, and you'll see Trini without one. And you know, for for a lot of people, when you're when you're younger and you kind of didn't realize the business side, like how they made the show, you'd be like, "Oh, how come how come the Yellow Ranger is a girl? She doesn't have a skirt." And you know, we're a little more evolved now. We don't think all women should have to wear skirts, but like, but like back then, it didn't it didn't kind of make sense uniform wise. And it was because in Japan, the Yellow Ranger was a guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for anyone that was wondering when they were young, why Trini did or yeah, why Trini didn't have a skirt. It was because her pre-recorded Power Ranger was a dude. Uh, so kind of just really quick. I mean, I, I can't imagine most people who like don't know the history of Power Rangers are kind of like yeah. sticking around for we're at like minute 53, I think, at this point. But just like <laughs> a quick kind of overview, you know, it takes it takes place, as you mentioned, in Angel Grove, which is a fictional city in California. Um, it's, you know, this is kind of, again, this is just like the first season, kind of just a quick overview, uh, two astronauts discover, uh, a, a container that they refer to as a dumpster. Uh, and then they inadvertently release, uh, Rita Repulsa, uh, who's this evil alien sorceress, uh, after 10,000 years of confinement, which, uh, if you're wondering, yeah, very much sounds like the origins to Psycho Gorman because it very yeah. heavily barred about, you know, I followed, uh, from that or borrowed from it. But uh, after, you know, her release, um, Zordon, who's this wise sage, he's uh, he's stuck in this tube because he lost uh, some of his powers, you know, fighting Rita the last time and imprisoning her in there. Uh, he He's the one who captured her. And like there's different iterations. Like I the one thing I did like about the newer Power Rangers movie was that they were like he was the original Red Ranger, you know. Right. Um, but uh, Zordon, you know, he gets uh um what do you call it alpha five his sidekick basically uh his assistant yeah. is a little robot yeah. you know you've seen him you go ay, 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 ay. uh he has has him select five teenagers with attitude from earth and again you know he gets uh jason scott kimberly hart zach taylor trini kwan billy cranston how old do you think these kids are supposed to be i mean if i had to guess just based on how they were acting in the show i would guess 15 16 yeah they're supposed to be 15 years old uh yeah even then they're clearly grown grown adults these are clearly 21 year olds if not older like if you look at jason that's a pretty yoked up 15 year old like ripped to the gills jason i i have this one friend freddie hernandez who since the third fourth grade whenever i met him has looked like a grown man he looks like what he yeah. looked like what he looks like now he has just always looked like that 
And yeah. that, he very much always reminded me of Jason for that manner. Like, they've gotten a little better with casting. Or we, I think they even just, like, you know, like, hey, they're not, yeah. in, they're not in high school anymore. They're adults. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, we meet them. They, you know, they gain the ability of the Power Rangers as well as, you know, they learn how to control the Megazords and, you know, which ultimately, it you know, very similar to Voltron kind of come together and form one giant Megazord. Um, you know, you have other characters like Bulk and Skull who uh, the real life people that play Bulk and Skull, they've been around for so many iterations of Power Rangers and they've like, yeah. now they do, now, now they like direct episodes of Power Rangers and um, like have written episodes of Power Rangers and stuff, which is always cool, you know, when like you kind of keep these people in the family because again, through my own research of like, what are these Rangers up to? There's a lot of people involved with the world of Power Rangers that still do stuff with them and kind of like, yeah. Because it's their, I mean, obviously, like, oh, it's a main source of income. They just really love, like, how dedicated some people are. Because, again, like, everyone has their, like, yeah, that's my that's my iteration of Power Rangers, you know? That's my Red Ranger. Like, that's, and so I right. think it's cool because there are so many to choose from. But, like, when they come back and do, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, I I don't know. I always think, like, oh, that, that's that's pretty fun. Um but, you know, again, this whole season kind of just revolves around, um, you know, Rita just terrorizing these fucking poor kids. But then at one point we meet Tommy Oliver, who passes Rita's test and then becomes a Green Ranger. Uh, she gives him her sort of darkness and he basically he gains his powers from this like evil candle. Again, if I, if I yeah. remember it correctly. And, um, you know, he becomes he befriends the Rangers and then, you know, they they find out that he's you know he's the evil ranger and uh he he has his own megazord the dragon zord which you know everyone knows that you know he plays a little flute that, dun, 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 dun. um but ultimately he's losing his powers uh or no the the rangers like wind up they turning they turn him onto the good side and um yeah. eventually he starts to lose his powers because like again he's like they come from a place of evil <laughs> yeah and uh she uses the the green candle to like slowly remove his powers and like to come back to her and ultimately he winds up losing his powers um and uh with zordon's help you know he he regains his powers and becomes the white ranger as we mentioned um and you know be becomes a more permanent part of the team um and that's kind of like again without getting too heavy into like you know because they haven't even introduced the lore. Lord. yeah they haven't even really introduced Lord Zed at this point, but this first season it just it revolves around them introducing you to the Rangers who they are, um, and by virtue of like it 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 is a twenty eight minute kids show like they don't really delve too much into like um, Zordon who like I've always right. found kind of interesting like um, like what. I don't know what did you always like. What what did you think of Zordon? Because most people just think he's like this like um, weird dude in like a a tube. Like I mean, especially that like as a kid, you know, like I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way I imagined Zordon when I was younger was that he wasn't actually present on the planet. Mm -hmm. So like I always looked at that tube as kind of like you know, when like R2D2 has a princess Leia saying, Obi-Wan, I need your help. I always thought like maybe he was sitting somewhere on some other planet. And then that was like their hologram way to like 
to have a Zoom conference with him, I guess, basically. <laughs> like, in my head, he wasn't physically a disembodied head, it, like, floating around in a tube. Um, but I think that's actually what he is. <laughs> well, um, like, I don't ever think they, you know, they don't ever really, like, get... I don't know if they ever actually explain it. Well, no, but th- there is... I think in the movie, don't doesn't that... Sh- that tube gets shattered. So in the movie, the tube does get shattered and he, he is in there, you know, he's basically, he's weak because he used all his power to, to, to fight Rita and steal her away. Um, I, I did, however, like, again, we mentioned there's, there's things that you can pick and choose from, from like the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Um, Mm -hmm. well, one thing I did like was one Brian Cranston, uh, who was he was a regular on Power Rangers? You know he he yeah. performed under the costume like, goddamn Walter White. What can he do? Um, but he he portrays Zordon in the 2017 movie, and they, it's, it's again it's pretty badass. Like the opening for it, I'm not gonna lie. You know he yeah. he's the Red Ranger and he's fighting Rita Repulsa, who is the Green Ranger, and uh, he's losing. The rest of his team is dead. They're all like they are fucking dead. It's like a war. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like prehistoric, like around the time of the dinosaurs. So he calls uh I don't know I don't know if they ever mentioned specifically like Alpha, but he has a meteor come and dis- come and crash and kill Rita. And yeah. from that, you know, he loses his body, but he he puts his body and his like mind um into the morphing grid. Which again, factors that factors more into like the comic books and stuff like that. So when you see Zordon, it's not necessarily him in a tube. It's kind of this like the wall, the moving wall. Yeah, this like moving wall almost of him. Um, And I really like that. You know, like I again, I don't, I don't mind. There's a smart update. Yeah, Yeah. I don't mind him being like in the tube. You know, the sage from the planet Altar and just being stuck in this giant tube. I I kind of like that, and I am I, I am just like a little curious as far as like um, we mentioned that they're remaking like a movie, and I had heard rumors of like it'll still be set within the same like continuity continuity because there are, and it, I don't know to me it's like that sounds good in theory, but I also don't know if like if there's a way to properly do it right. Because uh, like a lot of the Rangers and like listen, there's Ranger projects all the time. Like Christopher Kamen right. Lee, my favorite Power Ranger, uh, he played Andros, the Red Ranger from Power Rangers in Space. He got together with some guy and did some like offshoot movie where his character is like evil now, and they brought in right. two other Rangers from uh, SPD, which is kind of like when Power Rangers were cops. Um, so you can clearly tell how even as a kid, that was not one of my favorites. Uh, but it, and it's just like, oh yeah, like so many of these Rangers are still around. Like, and there's some that like, don't just don't do any Ranger stuff, but occasionally you'll see cameos and stuff from certain Rangers. I mean, some of them like they're still, they're still in Ranger shape, you know? Yeah. So, so they'll very much get in the costume and, and do all this stuff. Um, so, I mean, you could, you could hypothetically just like, Hey, yeah, here's a brand new iteration of Rangers and bring in uh, some of these other Rangers from the past and uh, kind of keep that continuity going. But I don't know. Like, I, I almost kind of feel like if that is the route that they go with, they might get a little too reliant on it. You know, very similar in yeah. the way of like, uh, you know, a, a Monday Night Raw will pop a massive rating uh, if they bring, if they do Legends Night, 
You know, if they right. do a Legends night and they bring in your fucking Scott Halls and Kevin Nashes, like it, it'll it'll garner a big rating. But like long term, it doesn't really do much. And I guess just my fear is that like, hey, if we bring in fucking Jason David Frank as Tommy Oliver, like it'll be successful. You know. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on that uh, that reboot was when I first saw it, I hated it. Like when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, like to me, it was it was one of those things where they took something and they changed it for no good reason other than, you know, this is our take on it. So I like I hated the suits, uh, and at first I kind of didn't like the idea of Zordon being a wall. But like I watched the movie, and then I actually really liked it. So um, I was kind of disappointed. And oh, also for you wrestling fans, there's a there's a a, a German suplex from a Zord to Goldar, mm-hmm. which was which was I was like, oh holy shit, he just did a fucking German suplex. But um, no, and actually funny story about like the history of the ownership of power rangers you know which you know leads to hasbro owning it um you know it kind of it starts out you know haim saban sees an episode of super or yeah he sees an episode of super sentai i think it was bio man and then he goes and he pitched it to a couple people and they they were just like no until he finally got the power rangers show um but before that uh, Stan Lee pitched the idea of a similar show really? because he saw Super Sentai. Um, well, first of all, they made the Japanese like the toy Spider-Man. You know, he had he had his own Zord and everything. And Jim Lee was so enamored with the idea that he he pitched the idea first, like before Haim Saban. And everyone said, no, I don't think so. So, I mean from the genesis it could have been a marvel thing <laughs> and then Haim Saban, uh you know they do the power rangers they sell the power rangers to disney so disney owned the power rangers and like there was a period of time where if you went to disneyland or disney world you would see power rangers at the park um Haim Saban raised up enough money and bought it back from disney and then ended up selling it to Hasbro for like $500 million, which seems crazy cheap to me, by the way. The amount of money that Power Rangers brings in, just licensing, syndication, you know, toys, everything, movies, it, it seemed like a bargain deal. But like twice, Power Rangers could have been, you know, first under Marvel and then under Disney, which owns Marvel. I mean, could you imagine if we had a Marvel universe where we had the Avengers versus the Power Rangers? That would, would have been the coolest thing ever. You know what I do remember at a certain point, like them re like redoing episodes uh, with Disney, like re- them redoing episodes of Power Rangers. Because again, at, at and, uh, Disney channels and yeah, ABC. Because I think at this at this point, it's my nephew who's watching it, and I'm like, oh cool, let me sit down and watch it with you. And I'm watching, it and I'm like, what? Huh? Like I this doesn't yeah. this doesn't seem right. And I remember like looking it up, and yeah, that was the thing. Like at a certain point, um, yeah, Disney did own them. Like because even then, like on, they had a on ABC, it was like their like ABC Kids or whatever. They're kind of like block of cartoons. Which the only thing I really remember was like Recess, that show Recess, um, yes. Lilo and Stitch that had a cartoon. 
yeah. and then Power Rangers. Like that was one of those like, oh, okay, whatever's on like Fox Kids, like I don't want to watch, so let me tune into one of the other like Saturday morning cartoon channels, and it would be like, oh, well, all right, I like I like I I don't want to watch this show, so I guess I'm gonna watch fucking Lilo and Stitch, the animated series, because you know it's like the only other yeah. thing on. Um, yeah, that's crazy though about Stanley. I, I had no idea that was a thing. Like I am, like my jaw literally dropped when you said that because, um, yeah, yeah they're well, because like because they they were trying to find ways originally to um, expand Spider Man out to like Asian markets, and so they made a deal with Toy in Japan where they said we'll do our own version of Spider-Man. You know, we won't have Peter Parker and all those classes, but we'll do Japan's version of it. And he had, you know, he had his own Zord Leopardon and stuff. And they basically had their own like canon for Spider-Man in Japan. And it was doing so successful that like Marvel was like, we don't care. Like they, they, they weren't as hardcore into having uh, like a brand Bible or something like that. I mean, as long as it worked and they were making money, they were fine with it. But like since then, like Stanley saw the popularity of that. He's like, we should really do a live action show. And no one, no one believed in it. They were like, ah, shut up, Stan. And the, he couldn't, he couldn't sell the idea. And it, initially that was the same thing for uh, Saban. Like he would, he would go to different networks and they're like, nah, we don't think so. And what they didn't see was the beauty and what actually made Power Rangers so profitable is like half the show is done. Like, you can reuse different scenes, stuff, you know, you can take stuff from different parts of the episodes that were already, had already appeared in Japan like a year or two before, and then uh, just cut it. You would do voiceovers, and then, you know, if you if you had to put the American actors in, you kind of match up some scenes. But, uh, you know, it was a very cost-effective way of doing, you know, you'd have to do special effects. You didn't have to make the costumes that much, really. Um and you didn't have to do any of the stunt choreography. It was all done. So like to me, like, and as we were talking, I was thinking about it. The, the other thing that really connected me to power Rangers was the idea of people in suits, like monsters in suits. And, you know, every episode Rita would throw down and say, let my monster grow. And then you would have a Zord battle in the middle of angel Grove and they're knocking buildings over to me. Like I was a big, uh, Godzilla and like Ultraman fan and it was very popular in like live action Japanese stuff you know you'd have kaiju monsters knocking buildings over I always thought that was like the coolest thing you would see Godzilla just you know stomping on villages and stuff and they really kind of captured that moment in these shows I don't I don't know if, if you started over right now and Power Rangers was never a thing and if you did Power Rangers now I don't know if people would watch it but they did they didn't really. They grabbed it at the right time, and then because of that, they built something that. Uh, I mean, almost everyone, even my even my stepsons, they have a Power Rangers that they like, and it's not Mighty Morphin. And you know, with Hasbro owning the license, I'll hear people complain, "Oh, more Mighty Morphin stuff," which is weird to me. But like to them, they have their own special Power Rangers, like SPD or Turbo or Super Samurai. Um. It's an evergreen formula that I think, uh, in the right hands, you know, could go on indefinitely. No, I definitely because, like you mentioned, I 
I think that's one of my favorite things, though, is just how everyone has a different iteration. Very much, very much in the same way of like uh, comic book characters in general. You know, like I might like I'm a huge fan of Doctor Strange. You know, mm-hmm. some per- some people might. We you know, we just had this conversation yesterday. I was at work with Paul, and I'm always trying to convince him to watch the uh, Daredevil Netflix show. And he's like, "Listen, I just he's like, I think Daredevil is just so corny." You know, but there's other characters that he like, re- like he loves Spider-Man. He's like, oh, man, I, re- I really wish, you know, they would introduce this aspect of Spider-Man or this storyline or this character. And, so, and you hear him talk. And that's kind of the case with most people. You know, you have like Frank at the shop loves the Incredible Hulk, you know. Right. Um, and it's just kind of with Rangers like that. Like I I have a special place for Mighty Morphin in my heart because it's my introduction to Power Rangers. Right. You know, like I, I very much before i met the guy loved uh you know tommy oliver i um he was like the cool ranger he was a cool guy especially like the his costume looked different than everyone else's and it was just he was the cool one um but again in rediscovering range with the power rangers and going back i think the power rangers in space is my favorite and it's because one it's it's the franchise that saved everyone it saved the whole power rangers franchise because at that point um zeo had done okay turbo had it was just too cheesy and like nobody was watching nobody was watching at that point and so the story that uh chris christopher came in lee again who plays andros the red ranger uh from power rangers in space the story that he tells and that other rangers have subsequently told is um they're told by the studio hey we're making x amount of episodes and then that's that you guys are the last rangers you know the last of it so have fun with it you know and you can tell from the series too because in in that series um and it's kind of getting a little bit ahead but uh zordon and uh, alpha eventually flee uh or zordon flees to go back to eltar because the bad guys are winning they're taking over so he's going back to eltar his home planet um he gets captured and uh what do you call it um the rangers they go into space they the rangers and alpha also go into space on the way to eltar to meet zordon there um they you know side mission they get fucking uh they find the astro mega ship they get on board you know they find andros they wind up joining alongside him they become the you know pine rangers in space um so that sees that whole in that whole season it kind of ends the zordon uh, storyline you know zordon spoiler alert dies at the end of that in order to save the universe you know it's basically the logic is kill me and my energy will go throughout the universe and kill everybody which happens in the japanese version but in the american version everyone just becomes good like the robots the robot there's like the robot empire from zeo they all die because they're robots but like uh lord zed and rita become like uh like a white suburban couple you know, like they get blasted with this goodness and they literally just become a white suburban couple. Um, but that was supposed to be the last iteration of Rangers. And there is so much Star Wars within that like franchise that I think that's why I like I it appealed to me so much, you know, because yeah. and also I think I would have been maybe like 10, maybe like nine, 10 years old at the time. And it just that one appealed to me. I really love that one. That's like one that I like recently went back and like rewatched and stuff. And um, so that kind of is my iteration. But again, you speak to different people and they do have their different like ones, you know, because 
I think that's the, the beauty of Power Rangers is that one, they kind of try to change it up every season, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, you know, this this gimmick is that we're wizards or this gimmick is that we're ninjas. This gimmick is that we're time travelers. Like there is a lot to pick from and there is a lot to choose from. And like I can't imagine like, listen, you're not going to go into this and get like a HBO style storytelling. You know, like, you know what you're getting for the most part. But the the lore, you know, the lore outside of the shows makes it so that there is a lot there. You know, like, if you, again, if you've made it this far and you're kind of just like, okay, they might have convinced me. I would definitely recommend checking out some of the comic books. You know, like, I think there's one, because there was, because even the way that the Beyond the Grid worked is there was two different series going on that they kind of merged into one and there's one subsequent storyline just going now and again it it follows the mighty morphin so but it does also incorporate other characters so you're not completely lost but no i mean i think i think power rangers has, has done a good job of like you know withstanding you know the test of time because it's still like you mentioned like if you go go to any con, obviously pre-COVID, if you go to any con and there's always people in Power Rangers costumes, there's always Power Rangers like merch out. And like you said, like they have not stopped making toys. They have not, they have just not stopped. They have reissued like the amount of times they've reissued that fucking Megazord. Yeah. Well, the toys are getting better than ever. Like, you know, I don't know if anyone remembers like the, those old original Bandai the the transforming ones where you have the the normal head and it flips and you get the ranger head and they got those big old barrel chests but like it it went from that to now you know hasbro has the lightning collection where they're doing like every series of power ranger and it's like fan service at the best and like this the other thing like they're double dipping on me like i loved power rangers when i was a kid and as an adult there's a part of me that's like i mean i have the whole mighty morphin set from uh the hasbro lightning collection and actually that's kind of how you know this maybe all started out you saw my uh my ranger slayer kimberly um it's just and the other thing too rangers has something for everyone yes but they're not separated by some kind of invisible wall they're all power rangers and they're all in the same continuity they're just in different parts of space or they're in different realities and um, they're under one banner, but you, you will have crossover episodes where, you know, you'll, you'll have dream team ups and, you know, the red Ranger episode was one of them. Uh, there was one where you had all the, the powerful sixth Rangers, you know, led by Tommy Oliver. And it's just, you know, if you paid any attention to it, they're really big on fan service, you know, outside of the show, into the merchandise and even the people you know you mentioned cons how many times have we gone to c2e2 and jason david frank was there or david yost or you know and you'll you'll just see some of these people that were superheroes on your tv screen and you can meet them in person and they're so grateful that uh you're keeping their legacy alive and uh it's beautiful to me yeah and let me tell you what these rangers fucking pull people in like uh, oh my yeah. god do they pull people in and i think i think one of the smartest things this is one of the smartest things that these people do um is you can go and get a regular picture you can go uh, you know go get a picture with david yost where he's holding his helmet and you know 20 maybe 25 bucks but then he says hey if you want to come back in two hours 
I'm going to be in costume and you can take a picture with me. And that's when they charge you like a hundred bucks or something like that. <laughs> smartest thing. The smartest yep. fucking thing. You know, like imagine, like imagine if you went to like a, a you know, a, a WrestleCon <clears throat> and you, you know, you see a, a IRS, you know, and he's just in his normal people clothes, you know, he's, and he's like, oh, you know, hey, 20 bucks for a picture, but hey, if you want to come back in two hours, I'm going to be in the full IRS getup. You would fucking wait those two hours, come back yep. and take that picture because it's smart. You know, like, of course, I, you know, like, I very much, like, you very much want want that picture. Like, there's, I re- again, when I recently met uh, uh, Chris Kamen Lee and uh, Justin Nemo, who were the, the Silver and the Red Ranger from In Space, and they were like, do you want to hold our helmets right before we took our picture? And I was like, <laughs> more than anything i was like yeah i was like can i and they're like yeah and like i don't like i i smile in some of my pictures that is one of those like genuine like holy shit this is happening i can't believe this is happening like if you want to see a look of genuine happiness on this little boy's face go look at that picture that i posted because that is just again pure joy on my face um but yeah i mean like you know as we sort of just wind down here um you know, for the next iteration of this that we do, we'll 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 talk a little bit more about uh, you know, season two and the new cause that's when they introduce new characters as far as, you know, I don't it's not all the rangers that are uh um replaced, just some of them. Um and then like eventually, you know, Dave mentioned that summit where the rest of them wind up getting replaced. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting to see kind of we'll also do like a where are they now because you'd kind of be surprised like at where some of these people end up, you know, like again, like Jason David Frank, you see him in if you see him as Tommy Oliver uh in the first season of Mighty Morphin Rangers and you see him now two completely different people. Like just yeah. I get just wild. It is wild to me when I when listen, when I was in high school and I rediscovered Jason David Frank, Holy shit. Like, it is a mind fuck. Like, do yourself a favor now. Like, if you're listening to this and you have not seen what, you know, Tommy looks like now, Google it. Because I I promise you that your mind will be fucking blown, especially if it's the green-haired, spiky UFC fighter pictures. Because, whoa, boy, are, are those fun. Um, but, Dave, like, any last words, on you know, on, on the Rangers before, we, you know, we, we start to get out of here? No, it, it, to, to me... You know, I've I've mentioned in various degrees what it's meant to me, but like, it's always fun when you're a kid and you can watch a show, and then you can go ahead and pretend to do what you see on the show. Um, that's what drew me into wrestling. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've choke slammed my brother pretending I was the Undertaker <laughs> or Cocaine or something like that. You know, and you you see this, uh, you can see tons of things happening in cartoons that are just impossible. Like you can't fall off a cliff and hang for a second and then hit the ground and splat. Uh, you can't get hit with an anvil, but like in wrestling, you can kind of do those things. Not that I recommend it. Those are professionals, but same thing with power Rangers. It's like, you can see this, uh, you know, the, the same way that star Wars was a space opera. You can see these Titans fighting each other and you could kind of, you know, you could kick a pillow and pretend it was a putty. Uh, you can yell, it's morphin time, and pretend a suit formed over you. And stuff like that, seeing it in real life, in real motion, with practical effects, it really helps spark your imagination as a child. 
And then that extends towards your toy play, right? You can you can then imagine you have the figures in front of you. These guys did so many things right. Uh, you know, starting from Super Sentai, the seed that planted it all, to you know the Americanized versions of the Power Rangers. Um, they took something. They saw something that could spark the imagination of children. And you know, like you said, the stories continue on in serialized form, but also in comic books where you've had people that grew up, people like me that grew up, and then they would turn around and say, I want to add a little more meat to the bones that these guys gave us. And and they'll make a gigantic story. Um, again, boom, boom comics, go, go find the power Rangers stuff. Um, and it'll capture you again as an adult, all those things that you remembered um, that maybe if you went back and watched mighty Morphin and you kind of groan and roll your eyes at, you can now imagine it in comic book form and it's so much better. So, like, to me, it, it, it was a magical formula that they made that continues to this day. I'm glad to see that there's still young Power Rangers fans out there. Um, maybe maybe someone like Ninja is not for me or Magna Defender. You know, I, I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's corny. And because, you know, when that came around, I kind of grew out of the phase. But um, there's just something about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that, that stuck with me, that's captured my imagination. Um, that whenever I see it, uh, it puts a smile on my face. I mean, I've had an opportunity to do, I did some like Power Rangers parodies. Like, um, I did a set of Angel Grove shirts that look like uh, Jurassic Park. And from that, like Jason David Frank has worn it. I've met him. I gave him one and he's worn it in videos. Um, the second Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin, Rocky, he was at his dojo wearing one. And like stuff like that for me personally has connected me to the series even more. Um, but yeah, go out there, watch your Power Rangers, have your kids watch it and, you know, you'll see them karate kicking each other, but it's all good fun. You know, that's, that's what I take away from it. Yeah. And Hey, let us know what your favorite iteration of uh, Power Rangers is because, um, again, it's always, it's just always interesting to hear like who connected to what and why and like that, 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 you know, that's always fun to hear. Um, yeah, you know, we, we, we were already talking about like martial arts and stuff. I don't know if we addressed it up front, but uh, you know, Mortal Kombat. Did, did we talk about Mortal oh. Kombat at all? I don't, I don't think we did. No. <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll 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 wrap up the the pod here with uh, Mortal Kombat talk because Mortal Kombat they they dropped the trailer for the you know the this rated R Mortal Kombat movie that's coming to HBO Max. Um, I I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I love the first Mortal Kombat movie. Like I yeah. love it. Like it is, like nothing. Nothing makes like brings back nostalgia more than seeing the New Line Cinema logo and hearing Mortal Kombat. Like more, the Mortal Kombat theme song goes fucking hard. It is, it goes fucking hard, man. Um, and I love how much they play it in the first movie. And then, like you think from that, I would have been like, oh cool, let me get into the video games. Never. I've sporadically played the video games here and there. I know yeah. nothing. I know nothing of the, the storylines of the, you know, of the characters. I know nothing just of that sort, you know. And I enjoyed I enjoyed what I saw. You know, I yeah. very I very much I I like the trailer. I think it's cool. I think it's fucking cool that within the first 30 seconds of the trailer, you see someone's arms get frozen and then fucking yeah. like destroyed. You know, in, in form of jacks, but like, I thought it was great. I'm actually like, I'm very much looking forward to it. Like, some people have their gripes with like, 
oh well they didn't use like you know or they're introducing a new character which uh, and, and it's like listen I, I have no qualms and again it might be different from you from i'm pretty sure you'll have a differing opinion but like to me why not you know why not yeah. just do something different i'm very much i'm very much excited i'm looking forward to it uh i just i pray i fucking pray that they use um the, the theme song you know like if they yeah. don't i'll be pretty fucking bummed out but I mean, you know, whatever. And that, that, and hey, and that's how I feel about it. What about yourself, Dave? Well, like for me, you know, I've mentioned it several times in the podcast where I grew up in a pretty heavy, like religious upbringing. So like games like Mortal Kombat were very much a no-no. That being said, I played a lot of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, um, like I think when you were growing up, you were you were kind of in the age where home consoles were more readily available that could do higher end graphics and you didn't have to go to the arcade so much. But when I was younger, going to the arcade was very much a big part of my life. So, you know, I can't tell you how many, how many rolls of quarters I burned playing mortal Kombat or street fighter or Marvel superheroes. So like there there was a game kind of like mortal Kombat that came out before called pit fighter it had those same like photographic looking uh, graphics, but you know, Mortal Kombat came out and not a lot of people knew what to think. And then like the first time as a kid seeing someone pull off a fatality and you're like, Whoa, like it was unheard of, you know, normally you're playing street fighter and you're just kicking each other until your, your bar goes out and someone loses a round. this one. There's secret moves and then there's secret characters and you know, Surrounding the arcade machines, there were so many myths about, oh, if you do this, you know, you Santa Claus will pop up and stuff. So, you know, we would live in those times. And then Mortal Kombat, the movie came out, which I loved. Um, there were a, there were a lot of differences from that movie than from the game. Like in the game, almost everyone played Scorpion and Sub-Zero. In the movie, they were kind of second tier characters that, you know were relegated to the background, but just seeing like a real life Goro was like, Holy shit. And then the guy that played Johnny cage was like spot on. Um, the soundtrack epic, like it's, it affected dance music for decades. Like people were using little bits and little, uh, cues and stylings from that mortal Kombat theme song. Um, and by the way, I think they will feature it because if you listen to the trailer at the end, they play like almost a slow version of it. Um, when like the title card comes up and stuff, mm -hmm. you, you can hear like a, a slower orchestral version of that theme. Um, I thought it was great. I think like in the other movies, there wasn't that much of a focus on like fatalities. They really poured it on with Ooh. this one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're seeing the realization of how brutal like Sub-Zero could be. Like, it re I really feel like Sub-Zero and Scorpion will really get a really big focus in this. Um, and I think for a lot of people that played the game, those are the two favorite characters, probably Scorpion more than Sub-Zero. But I believe... Um, I oh, go ahead. Okay. No, 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 no oh, go well, ahead. I I'll finish. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a non... It's, you go ahead. Yeah. Well, I also... I like the idea that there's going to be a non-canon character kind of as our avatar into the world. Like 
when we play Mortal Kombat, we're we're none of those people, unless you know whoever the character we pick. But like, it would be hard to pick one iconic person as the person whose eyes we see the movie through. So to have that one person who's a fighter who enters the tournament, who sees these other people as we see them, you know, they're all, you know, you see Raiden and you're in awe of Raiden, you see Sub-Zero, you see Kano, Sonya. I think it would be a great way to introduce this entire cast of characters without worrying about how one character fits in with all the others. So this guy is kind of like the clean slate. He's our avatar into the world. I like that. I, there's been a lot of care that I, you can see is evident with this. Um, and this whole project really started out, I think it was called Mortal Kombat Legacy, was a web series that someone did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like me and my best friend, we, all, we talk about it to this day. We're like, oh, Mortal Kombat Legacy, how dope was that? And they really took that, they, they took the ball and they, they went running with it. And I'm really glad something like this exists. I'm glad for HBO Max because maybe something like this might not be uh, movie theater proof. You know what I mean? Like some people you'll, you'll see protests, but on HBO max, you can watch it at your own discretion. Um, you don't got to worry about, uh, kids trying to sneak in. I'm sure you've experienced that working at a movie theater. This would, um, this would for sure be a kid sneaking in. Maybe. Yeah, but I love it. I think it's great. Uh, some people have judgments about it. I think it's a little too early to see, but what they've showed us so far, I think it nails the tone and the spirit of the game. So I like it. Uh, no, I was just going to mention, because you mentioned how like popular uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero were. I remember as a, when I was in kindergarten, yeah, <clears throat> when I was in kindergarten, the movie might have been out then, I don't know. But I remember like the most popular costume was Scorpion and or Sub-Zero. And I remember uh, I, I went as Scorpion one year, and I, I'm sure the picture's somewhere. I, I got to find it. But... Um, I've told the story before where I, I yeah, because I would have already have seen the movie. So I told my aunt, I was like, can you paint the top of my eyelids white so that I can close my eyes? And like, you know, like I'm taking a picture. I'll look like I'll look like Scorpion. She fucking gives me raccoon eye makeup and does it like around my eyes. And I was just like, what? The? Like, I was so angry that like I just I was like, never mind. Don't even do it. Because I was just like, I was like, it was so stupid. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And especially like you mentioned that uh, the show they did on YouTube, there was like, the, like, I will from time to time go back and rewatch the trailer that they did before they even did the actual show. Um, yeah, because that's just so badass, too. I'm 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 gonna yeah. go, I'm gonna go watch it after we're done recording this, <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, you know this this will just be again like a little preview of like the uh, the Power Rangers, um, the Power Rangers, yeah, the Power Rangers like you know mini series that we're gonna be doing here on uh, for our Patreon and stuff. Um, Dave, we've been talking about uh, this Patreon lunch for a while now. It was actually a thing that a lot of people very early on were like, "Oh man, like you guys should launch a Patreon." I'm like be happy we're doing one show because uh you know consistency is key and we want to see if we can do that but you know with that we've uh we decided hey we do want to launch some extra shows some some extra content and stuff like that and uh yeah so we're, we're launching the pwt cast patreon and we announced last week that we would tell you guys all the different tiers and price points and again um i'm setting it all up so that it should be up by the first and it's they take the money out on the first so subscribe on the first 
you know, spoiler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so the, for the different tiers that we'll have, uh, we have the friend of the show tier, which is just three dollars a month. That is just straight up if you want to just support us and you don't want any extra shows. Um, the little incentive is that is that you'll be added to their Christmas card list. You know, this uh, past year we had some Christmas cards and uh, we sent some out to you know various to the Ryan Mears and the you know Ryan Crossleys of the world, all the Ryans. Um, and then we'll have uh, our five dollar patron of the show tier. Which that includes again, you're added to the Christmas list. You get the one bonus show a week, as well as a weekly shout out. You know, there's people that we love. You know, like Drugs Delaney and Clifford Fraser and Vivian, and we just shout them out weekly. Uh, but you know, if we don't say your name and you listen to our show and you want us to say the name, go ahead and subscribe to the Patron of the Show tier. And like we mentioned, you'll be getting uh, the weekly Scrump and Stanks uh, family video, which again it's gonna be so much fun um but if you're thinking you know what i think you guys can do a little bit better (laughs) dave and i we're gonna fucking do a little bit better we got the best patron of the show and uh that includes you know the aforementioned uh things we've already you know talked about as well as one additional show in like right now it's the the little power ranger mini series that we're doing but occasionally you know we'll record other random things you know maybe maybe we'll talk about you know when stank was in jail who knows? <laughs> Who knows what we'll talk about? But there'll be additional shows as well as the shout out, and uh, you get a free monthly sticker. Yes, where you know we're not talking about any of the ones that we've sent out before. Um, you know, as part as just like you know, sometimes when you, you guys buy things, we'll we'll go ahead and ship out some of those. No, these will be uh, either brand new stickers or stickers we haven't done before. And yeah, like that'll be again with the best patron of the show, ten dollar tier. Now I know what you're thinking. I really love these boys. Man, and I really love uh, this specific movie. And I think that if we sat down, all the three of us, and talked together, we'd hit it off. Much like the boys did with Brody King last week, I think we would hit it off. Well then, here comes uh, your opportunity to do that. We're, of course, talking about the $20 official PWTCast member tier. Uh, You know, you'll get all the aforementioned stuff, as well as we'll let you read Fan of the Week. We'll give you official PWTCast membership card. You get a patron of the show T-shirt, Dave, an exclusive T-shirt. Oh man, it's gonna be hot! But the cherry on top of that is that uh, the next time Dave and I pull up to a Scrump and Stinks family video, there'll be a chair there sitting for you. Yeah, that's right. If you want to subscribe to that tier, you'll get to record an episode of Scrump and Stinks family video with us. Uh, so again, that's. Uh, I'll just do a brief run through of it again, just one more time for you guys. And we'll go ahead and post, you know, a a nice little graphic for it as well, just so that um, if we, you know, if you're still on the fence about whether or not you want to subscribe, it'll all be there. But for $3, you get the friend of the show tier, and that's just you're added to the Christmas list card. Christmas card list. Uh, For the $5 patron of the show tier, you get a weekly shout out added to the Christmas card list. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. And uh, you get the one additional bonus show in the form of Scrump and Stang's family video. You're, they're the $10 tier. That's the best patron of the show tier. You get a free monthly sticker, uh, two additional shows a month, and again, the weekly shout out. And for the $20 official PWTCast member tier, you'll get everything we've already mentioned before, along with your own membership card. Uh, you'll get to review an ep- a movie or a TV show, whatever the hell you want to review with us uh, on Scrump and Stang's family video. Uh, you get an official patron of the show shirt, which it's exclusive. Like we're not going to be putting that up on the shop. The only way to get that is, you know, 
becoming a member here. And we'll also let you read a fan of the week that'll go up as we need to incorporate those back into the show because people really love those. As well as if you're in the $20 tier, uh, think, why don't you tell them about the, the, the additional little cherry on top of all the other cherries you've been throwing on there? Well, as we were recording this, we were talking about it and I messaged Ryan Barkin, CEO of Pro Wrestling Tees, and uh, I said, hey, we got a bunch of fans that are deserving of some extra perks if they subscribe to our top tier in Patreon. And so he said, we can give you guys a 10% coupon on anything on ProWrestlingTees.com for every month that you subscribe to the top tier of our Patreon. So what do you got to lose? Oh, I thought it was about the $100 tier where they get direct access to him and his cell phone number. I asked and he said he said yes and then he reneged. So <laughs> Well hey, listen, we'll keep working on it. At some point you might get that tier as well. Uh but yeah, guys, yeah. Th- those are gonna be the different tiers uh for the you know, for the Patreon. We're excited, uh, you know, we're 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 happy to bring you guys more content. We're happy to bring the family closer together and we're gonna be happy as fuck when we see all you guys wearing your exclusive patron of the show t shirts that again Unless you're a patron, not available. So, uh, yeah, listen, you have about a week to think about it. Um, we'll post a link for the Patreon and all that good stuff. And, yeah, we're, we're excited to go on this journey with you guys. And, again, the other Patreon uh, will start officially March 1st. Um, and we're very excited for you guys to hear what, what we have as far as that because uh, Dave and I are a lot more than just talking wrestling. <laughs> for all the wrestling talk that we do on here you know dave and i are a little bit more of that uh and we're excited Everyone's like please stop talking wrestling guys oh, enough of the wrestling oh jeez oh jeez <laughs> so much wrestling not enough movies and pop culture um but yeah those will be the official tiers uh available and hey listen if if you're a listener and you don't feel the need to subscribe no worries we totally get it um but yeah again there'll be more more information available through our social media and we'll post in the vip group as well just for you to visually see all that in case again i mumbled through everything you weren't able to tell um but dave uh it's come to that time of the week now where uh if i'm looking at this clock correctly it looks like it's about that time we're having other things to say let me check my watch yeah yep i too have run out of things to say so all right you guys well for the pwt cast i've been scrump this is, this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say, and so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.